welcome to Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Welcome, sisters, to another fun week with me and your pen <laughs> again. I do Both have a pen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm prepared. I, I was feeling very, I'm like a late night host. With your pen? With a pen. I'm going to have cards that I read from and then throw. Is nice. that still a thing? You, you throw them for a comic effect. Uh-huh. So that's what they're there for. And all of our listeners will definitely understand that joke because they can definitely see what you're doing. You just announce it every time you do it. I just threw a card with a <laughs> waggy gesture. Wait, wait. Do, do you even get that reference? Like, did the teens watch late night shows? Sometimes they're on, and I'm just like, <laughs> I'll see them. Sometimes they're on. Like, I'll like walk through the living room at like 11:30, and mom and dad would have just finished the news, and they'll be on. But that's know, it. But the entire basis for this joke is like words written on paper. And I don't know. Does that still happen? Do people still write things on paper? Or is everything a, is everything a digital? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know the point of late night hosts having pens. Because what are they writing? Nothing. They're just emojis. Just, they're just they're drawing, drawing emojis. Drawing they're, just, emojis. they're just throwing their, their iPhone. And then the, you know, the intern has to bring it back to them behind the scenes. <laughs> um, uh, are you going to see the emoji movie? I saw Justin's glowing review on Twitter. <laughs> I don't think I could ever watch it and live up to the amazing experience he had while he was watching it. Patrick Stewart is a is the poo. Uh-huh. Is the poop emoji. Is the poo. How did, how did Sir Patrick Stewart get talking to that? I don't I was wondering that too. I know that I bet, you know, if I were if I were famous and they were like, don't you want to do this kids movie? Like, kids will love it. They'll, you'll do a voice of a cartoon character. I could see the appeal of that. Like, yeah, that'd be cool. I'll do it. But a poop emoji. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> do I, they? I feel like that an entire movie is like a lost bet somebody somebody made. That's... Yeah. Or a one a one bet where someone said, I bet you I can make a movie about emojis and it will make millions of dollars and it will be a hit. And it's going to, isn't it? <laughs> Probably. But isn't I don't it like know. Candy Crush a TV show now? Like I, I don't understand the world. <laughs> I don't I don't know because so now when I see movies like that come out, instead of just thinking, Oh, that looks dumb. Now I have this special dread because I know that I, that my child will see yeah. that that poster, that commercial, that something somewhere and go, oh, I want to see that. So now I really hate those movies because one of us will be forced to see them. Uh, Charlie didn't even particularly like this one, though. Did she not? She will tell you that she liked it okay, but Justin took her. I was spared that. I had to work. Mm -hmm. uh, but Justin took her and he said that she was out of her seat the whole time wondering the theater <laughs> she and does that sometimes knows, anyone who knows charlie will know that seeing trolls for the 73rd time she was still glued in her seat exactly no moving. we we took that kid to trolls we took her to moana and she was just in it i mean in it the whole time but she was not in the emoji movie was it was it like so. maybe too over her head like maybe a bit too <laughs> cerebral it's, yeah, i mean it's it's a pretty pretty out there concept like a med doesn't want to be a med anymore <laughs> it was it was it was sort of like that time that we took riley to son of mask son when of she mask. was little uh justin and i had to do that and uh we had to do this even before we had our own kid because of you <laughs> but it was terrible and i think you even kind of hated it I don't remember. You were not into it. We were the only ones in the theater, <laughs> and we watched that whole movie. <laughs> but I don't remember you being into it. Wow. Yeah. So there's my review, guys. I didn't see the emoji. Movie, the emoji movie that Sydney hasn't seen, but not even my three-year-old liked it. <laughs> so that's all I got to say. It seems well, like like stuff like that is. I'm getting into a topic we're not even talking about. I was just going to say, it seems like stuff like that is making its way into children's movies more and more. I mean, like the new Wreck-It Ralph. Do y'all mm -hmm. see what it's about? They, like, travel oh. through the internet and various apps and, like, social media platforms. Oh, is there a new Wreck-It Ralph? It's not out yet, I don't think. Oh. But they made a second one, and it's about, like, them traveling through the internet. Because we just watched, Charlie and I just watched the original, and I actually really liked it. Yeah. But the second one is all about, like, social medias, I guess. Hmm interesting yeah. well it's all with a hope of understanding you know what you teens 
are into today and what's going on in your teen brain. Cindy, we didn't even need that much of a transition for this one. <laughs> Speaking of going on in your teen brain, well, let's ask you some questions, Riley. All right, Sydney. We, we, was that good? Yeah, sure. No. Sure. <laughs> Just move on. We asked uh, all of you wonderful listeners if you had any questions for our teens expert, teens Bert. It's still gross. Still don't like teens Bert. Uh, no, no. Uh, Riley, and you sent us some, and now we can talk about them. Yeah. There that's you like go. The, that was the point of us asking. So, that's in case sh- you were wondering, that's how the show works. This one. Should I ask the first one? Yes, please. I'm off my game today. Charlie woke up at 4 a.m. and wouldn't go back to bed until I had to go to work at 6. And then she went back to bed. She's trolling me. Hmm. All right. (laughs) That's what happens. You let her see the Trolls movie so many times. Oh. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. All right. Our first question is from Kendra. Why do teens feel the need to be friends with someone they don't like? I remember pressure to like everyone my friends liked back in middle school. That was ages ago, and I don't remember what I did about it. My 15-year-old sister is friends with someone she can't stand because everyone I know knows her. I brought up some of the things in your uh, friends episode that seemed to help her with the idea of uh, not needing to follow this girl's sinsta. What does that mean? Serious Instagram? No, that's actually false. I don't know. I just made that up. Anyway, but I'm left sitting here wondering why this is a problem. So Kendra wants to know, why do you teens feel the need to be friends with somebody you don't like? Uh, That's actually a really good question. And I think you all, I mean, I'm sure this is not like a, just a recent teen thing. I'm sure you all can probably relate to this at some level. Mm -hmm. Um, I think being friends with anyone in high school or middle school to a certain extent is about, for most people, there are definitely people who I will say are friends with whoever they want to be friends with and don't care about like what other people will think of them or what parties they'll be invited to or what they'll be able to do with these people as friends. They just are friends with who they want to be with. And I wish that I could say I was like that. And I wish I could say that every friend I've had I was friends with because I genuinely like them and because I didn't care about anything else that came with being their friend. I just enjoyed spending time with them. But I feel like when you're in middle school and high school and a teenager, there's so much social pressure to be like with the coolest people and at the coolest places and doing the coolest things that to do that, you're friends with who you think can get you there, who has the highest social standing. And it doesn't really matter whether you actually have any genuine like for them or interest in their lives at all. It's just all kind of focused on what they can get you. I don't think that's, I mean, I think like you said, I don't think that's universally true. I definitely think there are people I've been friends with that I can say, I did not think about that at all. I was friends with them because I like them as a person and I like spending time with them. And I think there are definitely a lot of people who can say the same thing that everyone they were friends with, they're friends with because they like them and that was it. But I think the idea that teens are friends with people they don't like is either because there's a pressure on them that everyone's saying, oh, she's so cool or he's super popular. You should be friends with them too. Or they can get us into really good parties and they have super great hangouts. Their mom has pizza rolls. Their mom has pizza rolls. <laughs> That's what they all say about me. Uh, I, I mean, I, I definitely think what you said is true, Riley. That's not like a new concept. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I think I, I don't remember it as much in high school for myself just because I think by then I was kind of... Um, I don't know. I look back and think maybe I was a little more of a prickly person. I always think of Sydney in high school, even though I wasn't there for it. Like that episode of 30 Rock. I feel like I said this before, where Tina Faye goes to her high school reunion uh-huh. and she acts like everyone there was so mean to her and they all hate her. And she tries to ask them and they're like, no, you were mean to us the whole time. We all tried to be friends with you and you wouldn't let Aww. any of us be nice to you. I think that's, I don't, I don't think I was outwardly mean, but I don't think I was entirely welcoming for a lot of friends yeah. because I think I had kind of been like tagged the outcast, like the loser in middle school. Mm-hmm. And I, I decided like, if that's what I'm going to be, then fine. Mm-hmm. I want nothing to do with anybody. And I, so I had like a very small number of friends in high school and I was fine with it. And I really didn't. I don't think I was very approachable 
So I don't think I, I did this a lot in high school, but I in middle school, I definitely remember being at parties with people or like having slumber parties and things where I would invite people or go to places where I actively did not like yeah. the other person um, and thought like, I'm not interested in what you say, or that was really mean. Like you would do something that was really mean, but I didn't dare to call him out on it because I was, I just felt so lucky to be included. I didn't want to rock the boat. Right. Hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm, I'm singular in that. I don't think I ever was friends with people just for like, I don't know. Like I wasn't friends with people I didn't want to be friends with. I never have been. That's never been something I've been capable of. That mm-hmm. being said, I feel like I, I understand why it happens because I think everybody in high school, and honestly, I wish this ended in high school. It doesn't. It comes with a social currency. It's like mm-hmm. if, you, if, you, if you care about that stuff, everybody has sort of a dollar value to what they can offer you. And I have always been a very low-cost <laughs> friends. Like, <laughs> I didn't have much to offer, and I didn't really want to work to be friends with people that I had that could get me somewhere like I felt like all of my friends and this is not to call them losers they were wonderful people but in the realm of like social currency we had very little to offer we didn't go to parties we didn't have parties we weren't (laughs) cool we didn't talk to boys or or girls we didn't we were that's who we were and so we kind of like skirted the system by way of the fact that we literally were worthless in the social scale I think, and I think it depends, like, my perception was always that people who were super popular didn't have to do this because they had all the power, so they got to pick and choose. But I don't think that was necessarily true because I think there's almost like, there's what you're talking about, Tay, where you just say, you know what, this is who we are, this is what we're into, we're fine with it. But you find people who share that. It's easier if you can find people who will share that value with you, you know? It's a lot harder if it's you on your own right. having to say that. But if you find other people, you're, you're better off. But I think everybody who wants to play that game is kind of doing that. I yeah. mean, I think that the quote unquote leaders of the popular group are probably also hanging out with people they don't really enjoy. Yeah. Or maybe sure. not acting in ways they're particularly proud of mm-hmm. because everybody's trying to do what they can to stay part of the group. I think, yeah, I think it's so much of... <laughs> Game of Thrones yeah. on, like, a teenage level. Like, <laughs> you're friends with people, so they won't, I don't conquer your kingdom. <laughs> your children. I, I don't fully understand that reference because I've only watched one Game of Thrones that mom and dad made me watch when I stayed with them last weekend. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, the first and only introduction to Game of Thrones I've ever had. <laughs> tell, tell me they didn't have you watch the most recent episode. No, it was okay. last week's. Oh, I, d- oh, I didn't know. Well, even that. So they had you watch like a, a new, new episode ignoring uh-huh. the first six seasons. Oh, good. That's not. Okay. I didn't know what was happening. There were wolves did that wrong. and there was a guy with pies and there was. <laughs> Don't spoil anything. I was going to say no spoilers. These but... could be spoilers. <laughs> I didn't understand anything. There was a very mean uncle. I didn't understand anything that was happening. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All I was going to say Game was... Game of iPhones. That's what you guys <laughs> There you go. <laughs> I, I think so much of high school for a lot of people is, and probably the majority of people, is just figuring out a way to survive it and get through it until you get to the next part of your life where you can actually be your own person. Mm. And I think for some people that's <laughs> isolating yourself and uh, not choosing to be friends with anyone, just buckling down and getting through it. I think for some people that's like finding two or three people that you actually feel like you can count on and having them to help you get through it. And I think for some people that's, I'm going to pretend to be this person. I'm definitely not. And it's easier for me to make it through if I'm hanging out with all the popular people and I'm going to parties because that's what people are supposed to be doing. So that's what I'm going to do to get through it. And I don't really like these people, but I'm not going to be sad when I leave in four years either. So it's not that bad. I, that's not a bad life skill, by the way. No. Like, yeah. learning how to get along with people you don't particularly yeah. care for, you're going to have to do that the rest of your life. It's right. better to learn it early. Well, that's, I would say I, I've had to learn that in my adult career. Even though, <laughs> like, I thought I was, like, being me, and it's like, oh, no, wait, this never goes away. At some point, you just have to learn how to smile and be nice to people that I work in customer service. I'm great at it now. <laughs> but I get it. I mean, and that's you can't really fault, you know, your your sibling to the, the question uh, asker too much because it is a survival mechanism. I mean, a lot of times mm-hmm. I think the people that you're friends with, 
that you don't really want to be friends with, you're friends with them because you don't want them to be your enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's it's a lot it's a better place. Yeah. Definitely true. There have been several people in high school where I've maybe had like some sort of falling out with them or something has happened. And I don't necessarily like them anymore, but I've definitely had a conversation with them where I'm like, listen, we don't have to be best buddies. We don't have to hang out all the time. I just don't want enemies. If we can just be cool and mm-hmm. just be able to like be at the same place at the same time, and I know you're not talking bad about me. That's all I want. We yeah. uh, we both want the same thing. We just don't want enemies. <laughs> Mm. all right next question yeah let's do it all right i have two younger sisters hey i do do. (laughs) (laughs) is this this your question you can't do that (laughs) i wrote in a question (laughs) can i ask a question (laughs) i have two younger sisters there's a significant age distance between myself and them that's sort of true i'm 28 and i'm a comic book nerd they're 18 and 19 year old california cool teens side note i was never cool oh i bet you're cooler than you know Uh, since I'm much older, I was away at college and then on my own, living a whole country's distance away in South Carolina. They pretty much grew up without me. I want to get to know them more, but now they're at an age where we all have the potential to have common interests, but the problem is they don't seem interested. I'll try to text and call. I get limited responses. I try to Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, all the key- cool teen social media is still only limited responses. I visit them in California about once a year and really try to spend time with them, but I feel like I'm not getting through like a sister sisters am i too far gone did i miss my chance to be in their lives please help that's from rachel uh i you all i don't want to say answer this one completely by yourselves but i feel like you all could could take the lead on this one just because i don't know (laughs) you all are my older sister (laughs) i i don't think you're too far gone let me start with that that's yes no i i don't think i don't think it's first of all generally speaking it's never too late to build a relationship like a closer relationship with a family member or to, I mean, just like it's never too late to make a new friend. I don't think it's yeah. ever too late to work on that relationship and make it stronger or closer than it was before. Um, so I want to say that, but I think that it's just, it's about not getting bogged down in any, like, don't get bogged down in differences that you perceive between the two of you. You know, I mean, because you can always find like a million different ways in which like you can kind of pin yourself in with definitions like, you know, like I'm a nerd and you're cool. And so there's no way we could ever connect on A, B, C, D, E, F, G, because I just know we won't like don't don't get bogged down in that stuff as opposed to spending time together where you maybe experience new things go see movies, go hang out somewhere, go, I don't know, to amusement parks, whatever, whatever everybody does these days, (laughs) whatever young kids do, go to the mall and hang out and spend time together and have new experiences together that you build memories. And also you learn about the other person and you find a lot of stuff that you're into. Yeah. Hmm. I think that's what we've done almost to a certain extent. I mean, there are probably a lot of things that we don't, we can't connect on just because you all are so much older and I'm so much younger and in such a different place. But we have this thing that not we so much older. Well, <laughs> so old, <laughs> not <laughs> old, just older. But I mean, we like we found a thing that we can connect on. That you all are teaching me about things, and I'm I'm trying to tell you all about cool teen things and finding common ground. There's the premise of still buffering for you. you never <laughs> listened to our show before. So, so start a podcast. So start is what a we're podcast, saying. I guess. Well, but you know, because I, I get this as like the one that moved away and has lived away. You guys, have, <laughs> you know, you've grown up together. I've been in New York for the past however many years. Like, I, it's hard. And there were entire years where I felt like I was failing as a sister because I just wasn't there for, I wasn't there in the way that I was there when we lived in the same place. And, um, it does take a lot of effort because it's kind of like it's it's hard to make time for people that you don't have like active interactions with it's mm-hmm. even when it's your family like it's this this format i would say is is the reason like joy the podcast i think 90 percent of the reason i do it is because it gives me un- unnecessary like check-in time where i get to like be a part of your lives so definitely yeah. like sometimes you have to kind of Find something that you can do that that will will make you interact with each other. I think I think that's very true, and I mean it's 
I think sometimes if you open yourself up, you'll be surprised what kind of shared interests. I mean, we, we do a podcast so we can talk to each other. Um, I mean, not just for that, but that's also part of the reason. Yeah. That's a big part of it. Uh, but, you know, even if it's just like you, but you, you always watch the same TV show and then you call each other afterwards to talk about it or something. Yeah. What, I mean, whatever it is, if you find that kind of thing, because I think, and this is something that isn't, I think is true for Riley when I think about your and I's relationship, but I think about this with you a lot, Tay, because, uh, you know, you moved away. I was in college. You were in college. I went to med school. We were both crazy busy. We both had our lives going on and I we didn't like talk. Three. You were like three. <laughs> <laughs> You were eating crayons or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Riley was learning to read. And we were we were trying to, I, I think it was harder for us to try to find time to connect with each other. And I think part of what can happen is that the longer you don't talk and you're not up to date in each other's life, you kind of assume like, well, this is still my sister. Like we're still close. Obviously it's my sister. I have all this history. I have all this past, but you're not really current in each other's life. And so when you revisit each other it can feel like there's this huge gulf because it's like we haven't you're not up to date you don't know this I don't know this you know and I think that the big thing is like not to let that be overwhelming because that's just the nature of when you live away from somebody and it doesn't mean like that distance it's not insurmountable you can always catch back up and re get to know the other person and re connect yeah it, it yeah I mean, it's really just like having a friend. I mean, you don't talk to... I, I'm serious. Like, you don't talk to them Sisters for a long time. are like friends that you... You don't pick, the, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, can I get that in a needle point? Sisters are like friends you don't pick. You get no choice in. <laughs> See the previous question. The <laughs> but, I mean, like, I don't know. When you're when you are friends with someone and you lose touch with them for a while you don't always feel that same connection of we're still close because we're friends but i think when you're siblings with someone even if you don't talk to each other in a while you always have that connection that mm -hmm. you came from the same dna yeah. yes well, and i know like one-on-one -on -one time really matters like i i thought like having like riley came and visited me for like a week in new york mm -hmm. you know your 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 sisters are are adults you know i think like maybe try to like you go and see them once a year but maybe try to get them to come see you like uh, like mm -hmm. on yeah. their own for a weekend or something i, I will that's say a great idea my favorite part not favorite part one of my favorite parts about having you all be so much older than me and taylor living in such a cool place and sydney being able to take me to do cool things is like i can go and live in new york for a week and a half with taylor and go do things that you don't just do when you're on a trip with someone or Sydney, you know, when I was little, you took me places all the time. Mm -hmm. It's just, it, you get to, you get to have different experiences when you have sisters that are so much older than you than you do that are sisters that are just a few years older or younger than you. Mm -hmm. And, and it, I, I think it's not better or worse. I think it's just different. And it's, it's, yeah, it'll take cost and it'll take effort, but it's ultimately worth it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. Do today's teens have a definite expectation of moving out of their family home? And at what age do they see this happening? Uh, I live in Orange County, California, have two teenage boys. I can't picture this happening for them anytime soon because rents are high and jobs don't pay enough. I worry for my kids. That's from Peter. Riley, this is a great question. I, I'm fascinated to know your answer because I will be completely blunt. I I was moving out of my parents' house at 18. There was no force on her stopping me. Of course, I, the dorms were my first stop. Yeah. But as soon as I was out of the dorms, I was in an apartment and I never, I never went back. And yeah. I always knew that would be my course. <laughs> For me, that's how I feel. Just because I said this uh, a few weeks ago, we were talking about college and moving out for your career and stuff. I don't think... I could feel like I was doing anything different if I was still living at home. Like, yes, I'd be in college and still moving on in life, but I would still feel like I was a kid living with my parents. I, mm -hmm. I just, I feel like you can't gain that sense of independence to become an actual adult if you're not living out of your parents' house. But do you think that's the norm? Because I get the sense that I think there are more so. and more teenagers staying in their parents' house longer. I think there are more staying in their parents' house longer. I don't think it all has to do with a want, though. I think it definitely has to do, I mean, Peter mentioned rents are high, jobs don't pay enough. I think part of it is definitely you move out of your house at 18 and it's like, what, 
what do I do? You know, like I, mm-hmm. I could go to college and then I live in a dorm, but then it's, I've never actually had to buy my own house and save up money and pay rent and stuff like that. And I think part of it is fear of like not being able to understand what it's like to be an adult and live on your own mm-hmm. because college you're living on your own, but it's also, if you're living in dorms, it's kind of like an organized hotel system for students, <laughs> if you will. Um, Cause I mean, you're not like, you're not like searching for a house and paying rent. It's not as comfortable as a hotel. I'll warn you now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I mean, you know, you know what I mean? Like you're yeah. not like living on your own on right. your own. Right. You're kind of in that transitional stage where you're learning how to live on your own before you actually have to. Sure. For me, I think you can't learn how to be an independent kind of adult unless you live on your own as soon as you're done with high school. Um, but I can also definitely understand people saying like, I need to live at home to figure out how to be an adult during college, or maybe they can't move into a dorm or they have to. I think that's also part of it too. And you think people are just waiting until they have a plan? Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that if you're taking time to figure out a plan. I think sometimes that can turn into like taking time to figure out a plan and then ending up like not. Mm-hmm. I know that would happen to me. I think that's why I kind of have to like make I, myself, you know what I mean? I also would suspect there's less of a stigma because I yeah. think I think when Taylor, when you and I were younger, it was like important yeah. that you showed like I moved out of my parents' house right. Yeah, because for your friends, like, I mean, not just, not for older people necessarily, but for like your other friends who are also wanting to show that I also moved out of my parents' house. I don't think that stigma exists anymore that it's like to be an adult you need to have moved out of your parents house I think it's acceptable like well no they're going to school or they're they're having they have a job or whatever they're just not ready you know financially to stand on their own so they're living with their parents it's like yeah that's cool because a lot of people are whereas back in the day that was you'd go well why not yeah right so I think that's a shift but I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing I think it's just taking more time to plan out an actual plan instead of just saying I have to move out of my parents house so I'm going to do whatever and live wherever as long as I'm not living at my parents house you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like taking time to more methodically plan it out so you have a better plan of what you're going into yeah that makes sense well yeah it's it's like you know you you have things you want to achieve but not necessarily anything to prove and that's a different way of thinking about what you're trying to do like yeah sure you've like going staying at your parents house while you pursue an education is actually a very smart thing to do if you are in a situation where that's possible because you know we know the cost of college and you Mm -hmm. know i know like just from living in new york like the amount that rent has gone up since i've lived here and the amount that my average like paycheck has gone up just in the same industry like Mm -hmm. i don't know how i moved here when i was 18 I can't fathom how kids are moving here at that age and being able to afford to live in any way close to what I was doing when I was 18. Like it is, it is a different landscape and there is a bit of a, you know, there, it's kind of a non-equivalency. Like today's average rent in most city centers based on what you can make in most entry-level jobs. Like I don't know how kids are doing that. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good point. Yeah. Well, I want to ask you a question about cool teen slang, but mm, before do you? before I do that, let's check the group message. Well, sisters, we have a special sponsor to tell you about this week in the group message. We do. And that is Casper. Still buffering is supported in part by Casper, an online re- retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. Now, we have a Casper mattress. Riley, you've slept on it before. I have. You have. It is extremely comfortable. I was going to say, tell us about your experience. It was very nice, very soft and cushy. (laughs) Cushy. (laughs) Cushy. That's the word they want you to use. Cushy. It is. It's an incredibly comfortable mattress. um, And that's because it features supportive memory foam for a sleep surface that's got just the right sink and just the right bounce. That's what Mm. you want. That's what I want in my mattress. (laughs) This Um, sounds like a cool dance move. Sink and bounce. (laughs) They're they're incredibly comfortable. They come delivered to your door in a big box. And I thought like when you open them, they'd like explode out. Don't worry. They just like slowly unfurl. They slowly unfurl. It's not dangerous. There's no danger here. Um, They have a risk-free trial and return policy. So you can try sleeping on a Casper for 100 days, 100 days, with free delivery to the U.S. and Canada and painless returns. You're not going to want to, though. 
because it's that comfortable. Mm -hmm. And the mattresses are designed, developed, and assembled in the U.S. of A. So if our still buffering listeners want to get a Casper mattress, how can they do that? Well, um, we have a, a special offer. Um, still buffering listeners can get $50 towards any mattress purchased by visiting casper.com slash still buffering and using promo code still buffering at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. But yeah, so that's $50 towards any mattress. If you just go to www.casper.com slash still buffering and use still buffering as your promo code. So go do that. Check that out today. Yeah. Get that sweet uh, sink and bounce. Sink and bounce. Sink and bounce. <laughs> All right. So from a 45-year-old mom of a 21-year-old girl who keeps using the term low-key, like I'm low-key mad right now. What the heck does that really mean? That's from Joy. What does that mean? Have we talked about Loki before? I, have we not? I don't know. This I don't reminded think me. So. We have talked about a minute versus a hot minute before, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like this yes. falls into the same confusion. I'm still. I know we talked about. It, I still can't. I still don't understand. So <laughs> help. To me, Loki is like, like I'm trying not to make like. Okay, that's a good example. I'm Loki mad right now. Is like I'm trying not to make it obvious i am not like obviously very mad about something right now i'm just like you know i'm a little mad right now i'm low-key mad right now so it really is low it's not like an inverse thing yeah because sometimes like we've talked about with minute sometimes a minute really means a long time yeah Mm. but like i've also (laughs) heard people say i'm high key mad right now or i am (laughs) high key whatever yeah so like no. low key and high key, like just take them. I don't know for their their root word. <laughs> like I'm uh-huh. low key mad. I'm like you know I'm a little mad about it, but I'm not gonna say anything. Like I'm not gonna make it obvious. I'm high key mad right now. This has made me very upset, and I'm going to say something about it and make it very obvious. Okay, so okay. That's I see. I I was super wrong then because I thought it meant like it wasn't about the volume of madness. It was about how willing you are to express it. Like to say I'm low key mad is like I'm mad, but I'm not gonna talk about it like i'm keeping right. it down it's, it's i'm mad okay. but i'm low-key about it i think it's a <laughs> i think it's a little bit of both just because like you could also say like i was low-key creeping on him like i was low-key like stalking her insta you know what i mean See, that's like, like on the down low like secretly it's, yeah but then like oh, i was okay. high-key creeping like i was like liking all of their old <laughs> pictures and Making okay. it very obvious. So I think so it's, it's a little like, bit of both. It's like an extreme thing. It's like, like a, a, like a, a yeah. severity. A level of severity, <laughs> if you will. Yes. Okay. I understand that. Yeah. But I don't know what the middle ground is. I know mild, if it's like... Mild, moderate, and severe. Mild key. So saying like you're low-key... Moderate, moderate key. key. <laughs> so if you're low-key mad about something, are you kind of upset about it? Like to I translate it to human say, terms. <laughs> I think you could say you're low-key mad about something and mean it to where I'm a little mad. Or you could say I'm low-key mad to say, like, I'm mad, but I'm keeping it on the DL. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So, there you go. Another confusing explanation (laughs) to teen slang. All right. I have, uh, we have three questions from our next question answer. Who's a teacher? Who's a teacher? Yeah. Mio says, uh, I'd love to go into school, and I'd love to go into school in a few weeks knowing the answers to these questions so for the first one we're going back to teen slang are there any new cool teen slang words or sayings that have developed over the summer anything that i should keep an ear out for like dirty stuff like you know (laughs) i'm interpreting like these nuts (laughs) (laughs) what what is the what was that cindy i don't i'd rather not say that what was that these nuts (laughs) what uh well, I don't think that violates our profanity <laughs> rule. But the no, way I'm confused, it, what is the what is what are these nuts? Is that slang? Because I think it's, it's right there in the. It's <laughs> does that mean something even worse? I'm confused. Uh, I need a second. I can't handle this. Riley's not going to give us an answer to that one. I'm not. But what about new teen slang? I don't know. This um, is only something only you can know, Riley. Taylor and I can never know because it's you have your secret teen. I meetings. have so much power right now. I feel like I could tell you all anything is a new form of teen slang, and it could be totally fake and not real at all, and you all would believe me. Um, you, okay. She said in the question, "Don't say no." I know there are. 
but I don't. I don't. Oh, you come on. I uh, maybe low key is that new? Maybe low key. I don't think that's new. We've heard about it. It's not new. <laughs> yeah, really. They have developed over the summer. I there have been some new memes. Some new memes. Some new memes. Is that like new teen slang? Sorta. Like, have you all seen the SpongeBob one? <laughs> no. Taylor, have you seen that one? No. Okay. Um, that's one. What? What? Could you describe it? So, like, wait, if wait, someone wait. Can said, "Can you describe this meme?" I just want to yes. focus on what we're about to do. <laughs> this is like reading like daily comic strips to can, someone. Can you? Can you use it in the form of a sentence? No. This is this is I, this is an aside, but this is actually hilarious to me because I I work with uh one of one of the people I work with. He's younger than me. He's he's great. I love this kid, but he loves to tell me about his new favorite memes in like description with words and it's like it's this guy and he's wearing a corn shirt and it says i don't like corn dogs but i like corn dog and I, <laughs> how do you understand that this is not funny in this format but i still love it when he does it <laughs> like i just want a podcast it's just somebody <laughs> describing memes <laughs> so what is this meme it's used for when someone says something um, that you're like, uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Like if you're talking to someone on a customer service line, let's say, and they say, I'm sorry, I can't do that for you. And you're like frustrated. Cause like, you know, they can, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, why would you say that to me? Come on. You're like, Oh, I can't do that. Like that kind of thing. Like uh -huh. how you would say that. That's what the meme is used for. And it's a picture of SpongeBob. Yes. And the when they repeat the phrase, you know, like when you repeat it back to someone, like, oh, I can't do that. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, it's like every other word is capital and every other word is lowercase. <laughs> I We just spent five minutes of our podcast describing a meme, and well, I'm very disappointed in it. I, I, uh, is the Kermit one new? What, with yeah, the like tea? Sipping yeah. tea? No. That's not new. Okay. That's I saw that one new. recently. Um,. Spill some tea. Jerkin. What? <laughs> uh, that's that's from Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> uh, I'll leave that be. I don't think that's a new one. Uh, I think that's been around for a while. <laughs> I think we're going to cut this whole part out of our show. No. <laughs> Never mind. All right. Can we move on to the next question? What, what are the newest, coolest teen social media apps I should know about? For a while, Yik Yak was a thing, and it caused some real issues with bullying outside and in school. Is there anything like that we should know about? Any fun ones a mom like me can ruin for my kids? <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, there's actually one that I'm going to talk about in here. It's not necessarily new, like, right now, but mm -hmm. it was new, like, you know how fast things move with today's teens. It was new, like, two months ago. Mm -hmm. So, like, it was kind of recently being used um uh, it's called house party have i talked about this before i have no idea what this is um it's actually kind of interesting and also kind of scary uh it's where so like a facetime app almost and you have friends on here that are all your contacts in your phone you can add other friends um and you can add people to your house party and you can all be talking in the same facetime but then anyone who is friends with anyone you are friends with can join at any time hmm. so like if Let's say, for example, the three of us were on house party and like I knew Taylor, but I didn't know Sydney and I was on a house party with Taylor and Taylor and Sydney were friends and Sydney could just jump in whenever she wanted to and be talking to us. Hmm. Yeah. That seems kind of, I don't know. That would make me nervous. I know. Because then anyone that's relatively close to, because you know how friends work on social media. It's not even anyone yeah. you're really friends with. It's just someone that you probably have met once before or heard about plus like you're hanging out with all your cool team friends on, in your house party and then like your aunt martha shows up and she's like hey Hi, kids <laughs> well, I, yeah i to i don't know i feel like the danger of this is in the name itself like what have we learned from any teenage movie when you have a house party the people that know the one person you invited invite 10 other people that invite 10 other people. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly, like, people are doing choreographed dance moves in a pool. Like, that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and then a serial killer shows up. Or that. And murders people who are having sex and drinking. Oh, uh, that took a turn. 
See, well, I was I'm thinking just, romantic teen movies. comedy teen movie. You're, you're thinking <laughs> yeah. slasher teen movie. They are both. Either one is equally as possible happening, and maybe both. Well, synchronized dancing I, and mass killings. Stay yeah, away from this app. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me tell you this: this this that you're talking about, this house party. I think it answers both questions because now you know about a a new a new teen social media new t- app that you can something. also ruin for your kids you can also totally ruin that for your kids yeah there's nothing better than your your kids having this cool teen house party and you're like hey honey it's mom <laughs> how's your house party <laughs> i just finished washing all your underwear how do you go through them so fast i'm practicing mom things mm. Good. I, mean, I don't get to do mom. this to Charlie yet. She still thinks I'm amazing, so she's not a teenager. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> How long do you think you can keep that up for? I'm I'm hoping a long time. Um, lastly, and this is more for my kids and my students, what are some fashion must-haves for back-to-school or school supply must-haves? Um, I mean, I love all school supplies. Did you all get that excited about shopping for school supplies like I did? Yes. I love shopping for school supplies. <laughs> Taylor's like, well, uh, no, I think I had like not? the same heavily like white out graffiti binder for all of middle school. And then I think binders weren't cool in high school. So I just had like folders that I drew edgy pictures on. It was not about the, the new and coolness of the stuff I had. Uh, I love shopping for school supplies. I had my five star binder. Yeah. The zip up. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. For fashion must haves. Um, have you all noticed jellies have been making a comeback? Are they for the shoes. grown-ups too? Because, yeah. I mean, Charlie loves them, but... <laughs> no, like for, for big kids. Okay. Like pull-ups. Um, really? Yeah. Hmm. Jellies are making a comeback. All right. So that's that's something. Um, a lot of, lot of off-the-shoulder shirts. Have you all noticed that? But no, it, in the fashions. Does that cause a problem with school dress codes? Yeah. Well, Shoulders see, that's the thing about those things shirts. things that cannot be viewed for young people from what i understand right especially not around spaghetti straps right um but here's the thing with those shirts you can be sneaky with them because they're off the shoulder but they have like an elastic band across the top that you stretch down over your shoulders if you just like slide it up over your shoulders real quick it just looks like it's like a wide neck and then just pull it down hmm tricksy clothing yeah that seems like a lot of effort throughout a school day the school system be Pulling up and down your shoulder straps for like every random teacher that might wander by. I will say, uh, I have worn those kinds of shirts to school like at the end of the year last year. I did not have a single teacher ever say anything to me. And the first time I saw a principal and my straps, like I had them on my backpack, so they were like stuck on my shoulders and I couldn't slide them up. The first time a principal saw that something, he was like, You need to pull those straps up. <laughs> <laughs> what about <laughs> pull those straps up? Um, hats? I can't wear hats in school. Oh. Duh. Now, baseball caps that have, like, cool little, like, pictures on them. Like Those little, are in. Little, like, fruits or sayings. Those are in. Fruits? Solid color with, like, one thing on them, <laughs> like a little watermelon. Fruits or like, sayings. Little, like, okay. Or, like, a like a word or a phrase. <laughs> what about, like, a watermelon saying something? Would that be cool? Maybe. Like a watermelon saying, high key. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Bring that design into Forever 21. I bet you they'll sell it. All right. All right. Let's do it. High key watermelon. What? That's going to be freaking out. Like, that's what I want. High key. I kind of think that's cool. I relate to um, high key watermelon. She specifically asks about tall boots. Are those still cool? Um, I don't own any tall boots. I have not seen any tall boots recently on any of the cool teens. I thought ankle boots were kind of the thing now. Ankle boots. Yeah, I thought those Little were the like cooler. wedges, mm. low cut boots. Yeah, I like tall boots myself. Mm-hmm. I own several pairs, but I I have a lot of low cut boots. Yeah, I, do. I thought those were the those were the cool thing. Mm-hmm. Is the uh, is the waist still high, Riley? Seemed like high waist was a thing there for a while. I think it still is. I mean, everything I own is high-waisted just because it's more comfortable for me. Also, the mom shorts, mom jean shorts. Mm-hmm. Which are, like, high-waisted. Like, the style is called mom short and mom jean, but it's, like, the shorts I have are all mom shorts, and, like, they're high-waisted, and they have cuffs at the bottom. It's exactly, it's a mom short. It's, yeah. ex- it's exactly what we would have called growing up, like, oh, well, those are mom jeans. Yeah. It looks like d- jeans and shorts everyone wore in, like, the 80s. Yeah. 
gives you that good good pancake butt all right yeah <laughs> it does it is exactly what it does yeah and who doesn't like pancakes though <laughs> this is fair uh all right my son and his buddies are about to enter high school and some of our kids have had cell phones for a while some haven't we are wondering to what extent do you think having a cell phone is a need versus a want it sounds to me that mobile devices are an integral part of the social connectedness of teens now and if you are the topic what do you think on the topic sorry what do you think are healthy guidelines for phone use can you say anything about parental discipline and cell phones if my kid is misbehaving is it reasonable or draconian to take their phone away that's from chris um i think it's i don't know i'm not a parent i'm 16 (laughs) i think it's (laughs) i think it's necessary for anyone who is of the age where they are allowed to be going and doing things without their parents there or they're driving themselves places or they're um, going to friends' houses, not like little kids, like slumber parties, like going to a party or like going out for the day with their friends and they're at an age where they don't need parental guidance anymore. I think it's necessary to have a phone just because safety, like not like texting, not You can track your kid. You can track your kid and if anything goes wrong, you know, you can call them. Always have a way to talk to them. I think it's definitely a need in terms of safety, um, but also a, a want, you know, like everyone yeah, wants one. <laughs> I, I think you're right. I think, I, I mean, kind of from the parental perspective, I would I would encourage my kid to like take their phone everywhere so I could know where they were and they could contact me if they needed me. Yeah. Um, I think what I'm thinking, and Riley, you can tell me if this is reasonable or draconian, my thought is just to limit when you're like trying to have time where you're interacting with your kids to say like we're putting the phones down now yeah like no phones at the dinner table no phones you know this is whatever your family time is we're gonna go on a hike together we're gonna go uh, i don't know (laughs) whatever you're gonna do like we're not gonna do our we're not gonna take our phones because we're spending time together yeah and i think that that hopefully instills that value that like and maybe when you're with your friends you want to put your phone down sometime too yeah so that you can connect you know person to person i feel like i've talked about this before my friends and i actually whenever we all like go out to eat together or go out and hang out together well i'll make a pile of our phones oh, yeah. on the end of the table mm-hmm. and not use them just because i mean we're all with each other we'll keep our ringers on just in case like our parents call us or something sure and we all have them there just in case anything happens but we all want to talk to each other and spend time with each other and i mean sometimes it's like oh let me show you this thing so like i'll show you a thing on my phone and we can talk about that but it's never like i don't want to ever be with my friends where we're all just on our phones not talking to each other yeah completely doing other things because then what's the point of being with your friends i don't think that's like crazy to take your kid's phone away i mean i've gotten my phone taken away before yeah i think you know i think that the limit with that and i I think mom always does this is if you're gonna go somewhere she gives it to to me yeah because she tracks it and if anything goes wrong she wants me to be able to call her so like even if my phone is taken away and i am going to school the next Mm -hmm. day she'll be like you know take your phone with you so you can have it while you're driving to and from school and keep it in your backpack all day. Low jack your kids. Give them a phone. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm down with that. Yeah, I think phones are definitely a need just, I don't know. It's, it's a need safety. your kids want. Yeah, it's a need you want. All right, Hopefully. last question. Yeah. I'm getting to it because I know Riley's anxious about this one. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so my parents are pretty conservative, but not secretive. I'm 16, and at this point, usually if I ask a question, my mom will answer it. But she doesn't talk about contraception of any kind, nor will she speak on STDs and such. In fact, when I mentioned gonorrhea, I don't remember the context, she was furious that I knew what it was. I'm not sure why, but that's where we're at. How do I ask my parents about these kinds of things without offending them? And that's from Indiana. I think that's a great question because... For you. (laughs) As, as a, although I would love to know the context in which you brought up gonorrhea I off the know. cuff <laughs> and your mom was mad about it. I would love to know that, that with the conversation that preceded like, that. So today in health class, we learned what gonorrhea was because that's going to happen. You're 16. Because like that, like that it probably, I, I, I'm not sure I would understand like anger, but if you said like, mom, you're such a gonorrhea. <laughs> Like that would probably <laughs> There it is. There's your new scene, teen slang that was invented over the summer. Would not be such a chlamydia. 
Ugh, you're being such a syphilis right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, but I think I one of the things that, and I, I'm kind of speaking like n- not just as a mom, but like from my professional standpoint, I encourage both my teen patients and their parents to please talk to each other about this stuff. And when I'm saying that, I'm actually saying it as much for the kid as I am for the parent because it's a hard thing I know for a lot of parents to talk about because when you start talking about contraception and sexually transmitted infections you're talking about sex and you're talking about the reality that your kid might have sex and as someone with a toddler I don't want to think about that I don't want to that's not even my brain is nowhere near there I don't want to think about that and it's gonna and no matter how old your kid gets there's still that part of you there so you want your kid to be safe you want to be open with them you want to talk to them but that's that can still be a hard thing to embrace and I think the important thing is knowing like for parents that talking to your kid about it is not saying and now we're ready to have sex it's not like at the end of it that your kid gets their certificate that they get to go have sex right away it's empowering your kid with information so that whenever, if they choose to use it, they know what they're doing. Um, but I think that that's even no matter how open you are or how much you know about it or how free you want to be with that information, it's still hard when it's your own kid. Yeah. I mean, just think about Spring Awakening, the musical. The main character, <laughs> Winsla, gets pregnant. Because she tries to talk to her mom about what sex is and she won't tell her where babies come from and she won't tell her. So she has sex and gets pregnant and didn't know that that is what could happen. Well, that's a that's a scary story. To I tell mean, people. It's, <laughs> it's the musical Spring Awakening um, originally starring Leah Michelle and Jonathan Groff. If you want to go listen to it, like it's not like I'm telling some oh, crazy I story, you. I but it's you. also I mean, you know, stuff like that can happen. Kids don't know what mm-hmm where babies come from or if that can happen or if you can get sick and get diseases having sex and they do it and then that happens and they don't know what to do about it yeah well that's i mean i i guess that maybe there's some level of like well as long as i keep it as this big scary mystery they'll maybe be too scared to do it and i'm sure that works in some cases but the reality is in most cases it doesn't everybody right most people will encounter sex at some point in their young adulthood and you're letting people like go out on the the sexy battlefield with no tools <laughs> no <laughs> weapons against it whatever's coming at them that's bad the sexy battlefield. <laughs> I, I i really think that's true because you know it it's not it's not an endorsement giving giving your child giving children information about this stuff is not our endorsement to go engage immediately you know it's it that and and i don't think teens interpret it that way when some when you learn about you know protecting yourself in in health class do you think your health teacher is telling you to go have sex no no kids are smarter i think the idea of teaching kids that and i think you should like i'm not saying like no don't tell me i'm i think you should i think it's just kids are going to do it anyways if they're going to do it they should be safe well and i think exactly and i think we give kids more credit like they're they're smart enough to know like i'm i want this information for when i need it not because i feel like once you give it to me you've given me permission to do whatever i want but i think if you're on the other end and you're the you're a, a teen trying to ask a parent what i would say is to help first of all I mean, it's it's not fun for you to probably talk about. Nope. And recognize, like, your parent, no matter how much they're trying to be parental about it, is probably also pretty nervous about saying the right things and not embarrassing you, but also helping you. Okay. What I would say is the easiest thing is, you know, I have questions and I don't want to ask them in health class because who wants to raise their hand in health class and ask questions about this stuff? A bunch Nobody of kids does. you don't know to a... A teacher you don't know exactly and i don't want to go ask my friends because one that can be embarrassing and also maybe they won't give you exactly accurate information exactly that's two my friends might not know and tell me things that are wrong and so i'm coming to you because i, I want to know this stuff so that someday i i you know i know these answers and i know how to keep myself safe and you're i trust you and love you and you're my parent and that's why i'm asking I think you can get through any to anybody with that kind of approach. Yeah. 
you know, when it's not a, you're not asking like a joke, you're not like, it's like a serious, like, I want to know these things. Um, Please tell me. (laughs) I think the same thing applies to any like risky behavior that teens could take part in, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, drinking or having sex. I mean, it's better. You don't want them to do it as a parent, obviously, or an adult, but you know most of the time they are going to. So if they're going to, then let them know the safest way to do it. Yeah. And I don't, I think that honestly on the parent end, I will say this. I, I am not like looking forward to the day that I have all these conversations with Charlie. I will do it whether she wants to hear it or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Riley knows that. Yes. I had told her these things, whether she wants to hear them or not. But that being said, certainly would not be upset if someday Charlie looks at me instead and says, hey, mom, I want to talk about this stuff because then it's an open invitation. I'm not going to like I'm not going to freak her out, and make her mad like she's asking. That would be great for me. So. Yeah. Hmm. so there you go. There you go. <laughs> there's our there's our teen info. We cracked open your teen head and spilled it all over everybody's plate. That's violent. That's terrible. Yeah. Well, I'm, that's not I a mean, great image. Figuratively, I'm sorry for the mess that Sydney made cracking open my no, teen head. Here's some napkins. She's a beautiful human. Don't crack her. I'm Jeez, s- Sydney. I'm sorry that Riley didn't know any cool teen slang. Well, now we now we now we just invented some. Just name a random STD when you're trying to insult somebody. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's low key terrible. Is that low key terrible? <laughs> Loki terrible. <laughs> there you go. Hey, but I, I was trying to I was trying to sell Riley on the idea that the new um the new squid emoji that looks like it's dancing should be the secret code for a party that that could happen. And it definitely does d- definitely does look like it's right. party. It does look like it's, it's partying. Party I agree. Squid. It's like its eyes are closed and its arms are up like Waving, it's dancing. It's yeah. like yeah. yeah. So when you just when you want to tell somebody you want a party tonight, you don't even have to use words or numbers. Just send them a party squid. Party squid and address. That's it. There you go. <laughs> party squid and 1174. Yeah. Party at the party spot. <laughs> party at the party spot. Here's the squid. Yes. <laughs> well, I hope this has been helpful as well as entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry we spent yeah, five minutes trying to describe a meme for you. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening. Thank you, sisters, for joining me. Uh, thank you to the Maximum Fun Network of podcasts for letting us be a member. You can check out a lot of other great shows at MaximumFun.org. You can email us. Uh, we'll probably do episodes like this again in the future. Yeah. Probably. probably. So if a question for, you know, Teen Riley comes up, think, you know, go ahead and email us. You can do that at stillbuffering at MaximumFun.org. Uh, you can tweet at us at stillbuff. And uh, if you have a second, maybe you want to rate and review us on iTunes. Um, that you always can do that too. Yeah, that's nice. And tell a friend about our show. Tell, tell a lady. Tell a friend who needs to hear from a teen. <laughs> a real friend. No, like none a... of those frenemies that you have. Yeah, a real exactly. friend. A true friend. Or a sister. <laughs> or a brother. <laughs> or a brother. I mean, brothers are fine choose. too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am a teenager. And, and I was two. Sydney, you're such a like that bad kind of herpes, like not like the regular one. You keep now. <laughs> Hi, I'm comedian Emily Heller. And I'm cartoonist Lisa Hannah Walt. And we're the hosts of Baby Geniuses. Do you want to learn weird new facts? Do you like hearing successful creative women talk about their poop? Do you want the scoop on Martha Stewart's pony? If you answered yes to any of these questions, our show is for you. We interview people like Paul F. Tompkins, Kristen Shaw, Michael Che, and more. So check us out on Maximum Fun. And let us mess up your brain. Yes, please. Baby Geniuses, we know Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. 
listener supported.